0: And welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Reagan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality
1: TV. 100%.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode
1: of TV My Husband Hates. Reagan, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, yeah, just, uh fighting off the plague at our house, everybody's sick this week, so um, yeah, good times. Have you, got corona- you
0: have you got coronavirus?
1: We must do. No, I think it pays us back for having time away from the kids, because we were in Vegas last week, so, you know.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the, the price, that's price kid- pay. It's called kid-free karma. It's like, you yeah. might have a great weekend in Vegas, but when you get back, I'm going to knock you on your ass.
1: Yeah, no, exactly.
0: Sorry to hear that Promise. you're sick. Are you plowing on through, though, and ready to go regardless?
1: Uh, for this, yes. For normal life, uh, possibly not. But yeah, we're good to go. <laughs> I feel a bit the
0: same. Um, so, should we, uh, should we get on with what we came for?
1: Yeah, we can just jump right in. We don't have any real Housewives of Atlanta chat, chat this week because they've uh, decided to take a week off. And I actually think they're off next week as well. So, oh. yeah. Do so we, we know about them for a couple of weeks? They just need a break. They live, they live rough lives.
0: I mean, Nini must need a break. All that filming she's been doing, all that hard work that she's been doing. I mean, I don't know how she copes.
1: No. I mean, you know, it's, it's a super rough life for Miss uh, Nini Leaks, having to occasionally rock up to work.
0: I know, man. I wish I could occasionally rock up to work. Um, so, yeah, so we've got a two-week break from uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, which means that we're jumping straight into below deck which is coming to an end but reagan you have got some good news
1: do i have good news oh
0: the the, we confirmed there is going to be a reunion oh yes sorry (laughs) (laughs) just you know what guys just to give you a little bit of a heads up we're gonna be honest we're having to re-record this two days later because the first time we had a disruption on the sound so we couldn't use that so we are here recreating the magic um And I obviously just set set Reagan up to fall then a little bit (laughs) without reminding her what that good news is. But anyway, the good news is Reagan has confirmed officially that there will be
1: a reunion. A reunion. So we will be doing a mini-sode on this season of Below Deck. I cannot wait to see all of these people sitting in the same room discussing the issues, Captain Lee ripping them all new assholes. It should be good watching.
0: And do you know what I'm really looking forward to? I don't think Andy is going to let Ashton get away with this shit. Any of the boys, actually. I think he's going to call them. He's going to have a come to Jesus meeting with them, as Captain Lee would say.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think they're going to get a dressing down far worse than, what's her name in the OC? um, Vicky. Vicky? Sorry, it's, it's a Sunday. Like, my brain is turned off today. But yeah, I so I think they'll get a sterner dressing down than even Vicky did during the reunion so
0: i agree because it's just plain wrong with that in mind um we do have some exciting stuff for you this week because i actually have a friend uh on the instagram called hannah who is known as at the savvy mummy which is at the underscore savvy underscore mummy um and she amazingly used to be a stew on yachts how exciting! that sounds amazing
1: I'm always, every time I watch this show, I feel like I wasted my 20s by not working on yachts.
0: I know, me too. I mean, I did one ski season. I wish I'd done more and like done the summers on a yacht instead. Although my dad did tell me that if I continued to not get a proper job, then he would stop helping me fund it. So I had to come back and get a proper degree. Um,
1: Them's them's the the breaks, breaks, right?
0: (laughs) Anyway, so we've got Hannah. I asked her... Three questions, which um, because we're as pro as ever, she simply just sent us voice voice notes on WhatsApp. Uh, so Excellent. that's what we're going to play. But the first question I asked Hannah, in an effort to get the real skinny on what happens on boats, was: What is being a stew really? Like
2: The days are long and tiring and you can have had the busiest days starting at 5.30 in the morning doing the bread run and then finish at like 4am with guests getting smashed and having the time of their lives while you're literally waiting for them to go to bed. You literally have to do anything guests ask for you even if it means getting up at 5am in the morning to go and get them headache tablets though, which are literally on the bedside table next to them or to look after their obnoxious kids whilst they drink cocktails on the boat. You miss your family and friends and some days even for the normality but then on the upside you get to see the most beautiful places join in another other people's holidays get drunk with your guests have rent free food accommodations whilst getting paid big tips and make lasting relationships you couldn't make anywhere else in the world not to mention stuff that goes on behind the scenes all the drama and naughtiness I mean there's lots I don't think we went to one for without any scandal
0: oh my god I love that and I love that you actually have to go and give the headache tablets to the guests that are on their bedside table
1: I think that means you're just actually like a mom adult Yeah. Like (laughs) you're all of the adults' mums because my children quite often wake me up in the middle of the night for a drink of water when they have cups directly next to their beds.
0: I know. It's crazy. But also when I did my ski season, I did it very high end, very luxe. And it was the same. It was the same as being on yachts. Nothing is too much trouble. Everything is a yes. The chef could have cooked a six-course meal, but if they come in and they go, do you know what? I think we're going to go out for dinner. That's absolutely fine. It's, that's just the nature of it. Uh, interesting. So question number two, we asked her, are, are there loads of hookups on boats between crew?
2: Crew hookups are a big thing, especially when you all meet up on your nights off or bump into each other on a flittler's. Also hookups with other company flittler crews, which you might run into at certain nights of the week. <laughs> the nannies that were a crew on board always seem to be the worst ones for getting caught out. A lot of the crew Ooh, are actually together for long periods and some even get married and go on to work together. But don't get me wrong, there's a lot of awkward shames very early in the mornings before the guests wake up to make sure it's all kept very professional, unless it's the guests who have been getting on board. One captain and engineer once went with a mum and daughter, and then the dad and boyfriend joined the following week for the rest of the holiday. Mm, That was a hard secret to keep. It brings a different meaning to walking down the blank.
0: That's so funny. I love that the nannies are the naughtiest. But also, just to be clear, did she say that a captain and an engineer... Well, with a mum and a daughter, and then the following week the husband and the boyfriend joined them, so there was this weird...
1: that's weird, isn't it? That's that's quite weird. I don't think I couldn't see Captain Lee messing about with any of that bullshit.
0: More is the shame. I good lord, if I was on that boat, I'd want him to I just could. I'm sorry, I would I'm going there. I think he's hot.
1: So this is my question. Like, as Hannah was mentioning, so people used to like hook up while the guests were on board, which I feel is something we don't see. On below deck, like they tend to keep like their crazy hookup stuff to like when the guests are not on board.
0: Yeah, no. Well, well, we haven't really, apart from Hannah in below deck med, we haven't really seen them mess around with the guests. No, no. What I mean is even
1: messing with each other while guests are on board.
0: I think sometimes we see them shagging at night when there's guests, but only if it's like a previous if it's already been established on a night out. These things tend to happen on a night out first off, don't they? And then they, you know, carry on bumping Mm. uglies.
1: Bumping uglies.
0: Um, And then finally, we wanted to ask this question because we've been stunned by the uh, atmosphere on board this this season. So we asked Hannah, did she find it to be a misogynistic environment?
2: Yes, massively. This was something I really struggled with as a young woman. You really had to prove yourself to the captains and crew. Once you did so, you were completely backed by the captain, but I would say most of the male guests that came on board our boat would um, second-guess me and go behind my back to ask my captain for what he thought. The worst was when you would be throwing lines to the locals for them to catch and tie the boat up, and they would just step over them and then ask for one of the men to do it. I would always hate this, so then I would insist on mooring the boat up myself and proving I was as good as them, if not better. And a lot of my female friends have gone on to be captains and found this a huge struggle still.
0: That's crazy, isn't it? It's super crazy. That they wouldn't even take ropes thrown by girls?
1: No. That seems insane to me. Also, it seems like her boat was maybe not as delineated as below deck. Like there's a deck crew and a stew crew. So like we don't see stewardesses throwing ropes. We just see like deck crew doing ropes. I don't know. I mean, obviously it'd be different for different ships, right?
0: Well, yeah. And I wonder if it's just a slightly smaller ship. So everybody kind of does everything and they have like a reduced crew. Either way. Thank you so much Hannah. If you want to go and follow Hannah, you, Hannah, she's a great she's a great mummy blogger on Instagram. She's just had a baby so her feed will be full of gorgeous little chubby cheeks and tiny feet. Um she is at the underscore savvy SAVVY underscore mummy. Go and check her out. Um and with that in mind, shall we discuss this week's episode though of Below Deck? Yeah. Let's uh let's uh, hop right in. I mean I think it would be remiss of us not to start with the
1: cock cake. The cock cake. As much as I dislike Kevin, that cock cake was a feat of engineering, baking, <laughs> extravaganza. Because I've never seen a cock cake erect. Like
0: a hundred percent. I was very impressed with the erect nature of Kevin's cock cake. Um, <laughs> and and the sparkler at the end oh
1: man how sad so bottom line i loved that kate set him up to bring out that cock cake without the primary actually being there like i think he 100% deserved that for all the bullshit that he's been putting her through constantly questioning her job and just generally being an asshole
0: he hates her because she's like, I need to know what's going on. He doesn't like answering to her because she's a strong, feisty, badass woman and she scares the shit out of I think she genuinely right. scares the shit out of him. But it was such sweet, sweet revenge and so beautifully underplayed by Kate as well. Like yeah. she just sat there at the back like, Totally stone cold face, emitting no emotion, maybe a slight smirk here and there. (laughs) But essentially,
1: she was just really enjoying that on the inside, wasn't she? Absolutely. And I mean, I loved it to the point that, like, by the time they walked it out, the sparkler was like fizzling out as well. Like, she could have lit it like right away. Like, and I think if the primary had been there, she would have lit it at the door so that it would have been like bright and shiny. But I feel like there's some sweet poetic justice that like the sparkler was dying when he put it on the table. But also just
0: to see this no- enormous black cockcake placed right in front of Captain Lee's face, with like a really substandard <laughs> sparkler, yeah. right, just as Captain Lee was talking all about the wonderful charity work he's doing and all of that fabulous stuff, um, and just these like crickets. As he stood yeah. there, and bless Kevin, like his little his little proud face, so proud <laughs> of himself for making his big cupcake, and he was so such a special little soldier, and he fucked it up, and nobody <laughs> gave a shit, and it was just the best time on TV.
1: It was the best. Um, I'm I'm glad I was there to see it. I, I saw a Watch What Happened, li- uh, uh, Andy Cohen Show. Watch What Happens Live after this episode had Jamila, like Jamila Harris, the. Oh yeah, primary, yeah, yeah. and had Kevin on there, and she was like, "I felt so bad; I never got to taste it, and like all this crazy stuff." But I was just like, "No, that cake it was, was never it. meant to be eaten." It was a hundred percent worth it,
0: hundred percent worth it. And just to see him having his little tantrum afterwards was just—it was just—it was beautiful. Yeah, um, well done, Kate. Speak, yeah, speaking of Kate, though, uh, another—I mean, awkward just doesn't seem to cover it. But another interchange between Kate and Tanner
1: yeah I mean, I, I like are the, are they a couple trying to like doing IVF, trying to ovulate on a schedule? Like I do not understand why Tanner is hellbent on setting a sex date. Like we talked about last week, you're not married, don't put it in the calendar. Just like go with the flow and kind of make it happen that way. But he's just hellbent on making it the most awkward, quote- unquote sex date on the planet.
0: He's like, a, he's like a horny Labrador puppy. Like, he's like, I wanna have sex. I wanna have sex. He's like humping everything around. And every time he sees Kate, it's like he's just grabbing her leg and like humping her a little bit and just waiting for her to get involved as well. And it's so embarrassing. And I love Kate and I applaud any woman's right to get her rocks off whenever and however she needs to. But I just think there are, there must be any other man, any there other man to. that she could just used to fulfill that need than Tanner. It's just it makes me a bit sick in my mouth.
1: Yeah, no. I think it's something nobody really wants to see. I feel like every time Hannah, Tanner tries to hump her leg, she looks like a little bit of peas come out. Like you know when dogs like yeah. get really feisty and they pee a little bit, it's just like <laughs> <ugh>. <laughs> So oh, yeah, no, it's, I, <laughs> it's
0: not nice, and you know what it is? It's the desperation of it that makes it, it so
1: icky. He's just so which is desperate. so crazy to me. It's like no, nobody really needs to be that desperate on this boat. Like every time they go out, there are loads of people they can hook up with. So it's just like, just stop. Like oh, she no. doesn't want to sleep with. Like Kate, just don't sleep with like desperate Tanner. That's all I gotta D- say. Like no. I really hope that doesn't happen next week. Do you think
0: um do you think he says Jiminy Cricket when he comes?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Jiminy Cricket! Oh Jiminy oh. Cricket! Oh
0: no, too bad. It's the worst. Sorry. We just need yeah. a minute to like really compose. Assess. Uh, but to process that awful thing That we're really sorry that we just put that in your mind um, <laughs> anyway we'll see I really hope that he doesn't get I really hope he doesn't get to play hide the sausage with Kate I hope she holds out
1: throughout the whole season but as it is yeah. we'll see um, no because I mean just, it, w- and, go sorry on. I mean we're talking about a woman who slept with Chef Ben like how do you go from Chef Ben to desperate no. Tanner on the boat it, it's no. not a good look we it
0: don't recommend good look. it no, Kate, you are worth more than that. Uh, just in general, boys being dicks, again, poor Riley when she's like she's getting a lunch, she's taking it into her cabin to eat, and then they're like, oh, my God, she's so childish. It was literally a hot minute ago that she asked right. to sit at the table with you and you wouldn't even move up for her.
1: No, I'm so over these men. I'm over them constantly referring to conflict with the girls as drama, like the girls are always starting all this drama. It's like, no, they just have a problem you know, and they're voicing it. It's not, I don't know. No, it just makes me so irritated.
0: Yeah, well, it's like this language thing that happens all over the place. It's not, you know, if if a man loses his shit, he's passionate. If a woman loses her shit, she's hysterical. Um, It's the same thing. And it's just such, you know, this isn't a boat that's stuck in the, this isn't full of men who are like 50 or 60. This is full of like young guys who should know better by now.
1: Yeah, I totally um, agree. Like they're not part of that old school man image. Like I mean, they're younger than we are. Yeah. And I feel like both of our husbands actually don't attribute to that old school thing, so I don't really understand why they do. Like I feel like they should be part of the evolved man movement, but
0: Yeah. It's it's tricky. I mean, we've not. only got one episode left. Uh, and then it's the reunion. So I'm interested to see how this ends, because of course we're going to have a big night out in the next episode. And I love those episodes the best. I always feel the ones without a night out aren't quite as good.
1: No, I totally agree, because it just makes you focus on like service issues, which is not always necessarily the most fun to chat about. But next week, we will have two episodes of Below Deck, because Below Deck Sailing Yacht Again, worst name in the country. Um, <laughs> that starts. So we'll have the last, we'll have the season finale of Below Deck in Thailand. We'll have the seri- series premiere of Below Deck Sailing Yacht. And then we'll have the Below Deck Reunion as a mini-sode coming at you. I am very excited about all of the above.
0: Um so, shall we head over to, uh, I was going to say Beverly Hills, but it's more like Let's Miami. Go to Miami, yeah. <gasps> which, incidentally, not that any of you give a shit, but we're very excited. <laughs> Reagan and I are actually meeting in Miami at the end of April to go to Key West for a week. So, we will be bringing you an episode from Key West, which I yep. have no doubt will be colored by margaritas and. Oh, yeah. Suntan heavily. lotion. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we will be living our best life, so uh, let's oh, see. I cannot if, wait. I'm really, I'm really thinking of a way that we can make that quite, like, special. Maybe do a giveaway or get a great guest or something, but bear with us, yeah. I don't know. Um, well, we'll figure something out. But this isn't about us going to Miami. It's about <laughs> the TomTom Tom slash the uh, crew going to Miami. Oh, man.
1: Okay. Well, this episode opens up with more of the book signing drama, where we see Lisa really trying to get the, to the bottom of it. And you know what? Massive props to her because I love how I love how long she's been doing this job. So she knows better than to just take Tom's word for it. So she like hops on the phone and really tries to chat through the issue with all the concerned players.
0: Yeah, she's like the mom. She's like, "Right, yeah. okay. I want your story. I want your story. I want your story." And then somewhere in between all of that shit is the actual truth. Um and I think she figures it out pretty quickly. Tom Schwartz kind of says, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but he behaved like a dick. Right. Co- correct. Star-C, as a, you know, is obviously very dramatic about it, but what she's saying isn't wrong. The simple fact is that Sandoval, his ego was bruised for t- on two levels for me. Right. Firstly, because as an owner, he felt that Starcy should have come and like kissed his ring. But secondly, because it's Starcy. Like it was right. a combination of those two things that sent him fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, my whole point is ultimately Stassi was a client that evening, so he should not have been. Rage- you don't rage text clients at 1 a.m. the night before their massive event. And I think ultimately Sandoval was wrong. Now, do I think Stassi was right to like yell at him in the restaurant? That's neither here or there. Honestly, I probably would have done the exact same thing, and I would have done the exact same thing, especially as a like a client and having someone talk to me that way like that 100% would have been my reaction too. So, I don't I don't know what Sandoval's problem is. I think he's let this tiny bit of ownership go to his head. I think he's a little bit of jealous, little bit jealous of Stasi kind of doing all these things on her own. Like she used Van Der, like she used Sir as like a jumping board, but then did all this stuff solely on her own whereas he's still using sir pretty much yeah. like he's just got this tiny ownership in Tom Tom. So I don't know. I think he's jealous. I think
0: he's jealous as well, but I was also really surprised by the level of crazy that he put out this week. Like, especially in that conversation with Bo, like Bo, I think was, Bo, I think we all know is really level headed, super grounded, yeah. not dramatic at all, but felt a need to clear the air with Sandoval, Sandoval. Um, and Sandoval's reaction to psychotic. that conversation, was psychotic. It was absolutely off the scale, Box of Frogs fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, with his crazy tiny little fake mustache too, which, gross.
0: It didn't look like a good. pedo
1: mustache. Looked like something from Fargo, but bad. Yeah. <laughs> but,
0: but um, but yeah, I just, I, I remember seeing in the first episode when he was having that kind of heart-to-heart with Jax over the best man thing and thinking, do you know what, actually this guy is quite sweet, and now all of that is gone, he is... Like he's almost like like going back to the comic strip of last a uh, last episode. He's almost right. become like this parody of a villain, like this yeah. sort of great. Like you can't quite believe that this is actually really how he's reacting.
1: I mean, ultimately, this is what I love about Vanderpump Rules. Is like this group of individuals. They all balance between villain, okay, person. Like they're just crazy. They're just like yeah. They're like a bunch of teenagers, and like that they've just gotten their hormones and they're trying to figure out like how to fucking use them but they're all a little bit too old to be doing that now and I think you know it, this season plus subsequent seasons like I think it's going to lose its charm if it's still just as nuts if that makes yeah. sense like that gets old pretty fast so I don't know I'd like to see them kind of evolving like we've seen Stasi evolve and that's been fabulous TV watching so I'm ready for the other ones to kind of move up to
0: no, I agree. I think you get to a certain age, and you just want to see them go. And we've start to see them get married, move in. Yeah. But you know, let's do more. And and you know what? If Sandoval just isn't up to it, and right. then and he's just is holding on to this crazy sort of Peter Pan like thing, then maybe he just right. needs to go. He's kind of toxic at the moment. Um, that aside, obviously, we were also in Miami for the Bachelor and Bachelorette parties. That's right.
1: So they've done they've done this thing, which I guess has become popular now, is like going to a place, all of them doing like some things together with the boys and girls, and then like splitting apart and doing suburb things. We didn't do that for mine. No, we I don't didn't think do that. You for guys mine. didn't do that for yours. So we see like uh, all the girls go to a club, and we see Brittany getting her. Actually, we see Brittany being totally fine with the club putting up a sign, <laughs> saying, literally laughing. Her, don't do off. it, Brittany. Thinking it was funny because that's that's what it was. It was just meant to be funny. It's one of those classic bachelorette or head and do things. Um, and then we see Kristen wind her up and get her panties in a wad about it.
0: Do you know what? I have to say, Kristen, I've heard, like, this is what, episode three, maybe four, I don't know. I she's now at a point where her voice grates on me. Everything she says irritates me. She's like a victim every time. Like that's her default yeah. setting. Um and I am a hundred percent with Starcy and Katie when they're like, it is not okay at the dinner table. Like, I don't think their timing is great. Don't do it at, you know, Britney's right. bachelor party. But, bachelorette party, sorry, we just call them hen Um <laughs> But but I, I couldn't bear to be around her. I know if it was real life, no. I'd be like, you need to get that woman away from me.
1: Absolutely. Like, I would probably be one of those persons like, oh, is Kristen's going? Yeah, I'm probably not going to make that just because I don't have time or space for that level of crazy in my life. And I'm just like Katie and Stassi. Like, I'm so sick of her saying it's over with Carter but it not really being over with Carter but then getting mad that nobody cares that it's over with Carter it's like oh fuck off
0: yeah I'm a hundred percent with you she is hard work and then it doesn't help like she's on the phone she gives him the code to a new house I just think oh fuck off you are your own worst enemy if you want to go and live this drama free this drama filled life with Carter then please be my guest. Go ahead, but we are done hearing about it. Move on, move and we're away. not bad
1: friends for being done no. with hearing about it either. Like we've we've checked on you enough. Like you can't keep having the same issue and expecting your friends to just be there all the time, mutely, like not ever voicing concern about the situation that is happening over and over again.
0: Thing is, I don't care if she wants to go back to Carter. If she goes back to Carter and is totally comfortable with paying for him and all his bills, then fine. Right. I've just got a friend whose boyfriend I don't like that much. That I can fucking deal with. Yeah. Or break up with him and we never fucking hear about Carter again. But this this fucking
1: don't know what lane you're in bullshit is right. exhausting for everybody. No, I I totally agree. And then we see the gents. So that's what's happening with the ladies. And we see the gents partying it up in the strip club. But we see it in a way that's like a flashbacky <laughs> way. Because Jax likes to tell lies about how he really <laughs> feels at a strip club to Britney, which I just don't understand. Um, we did a poll, didn't we, about strip oh, clubs. We did.
0: Oh, we did. We did a poll about strip clubs, um, and it said, uh, what did you say about strip clubs? Here we go. You said, how do you feel about strip clubs? And here's <laughs> the answer. 69% said they were gross. 31% said they were super fun.
1: Maybe super fun was the wrong like wording, because like, Straight up, I've I've been to numerous strip clubs. Um, not on like a daily basis. It's not just like oh, we like want a some hot wings, let's go to a strip club. <laughs> like it's not like that. But it's more like if you're in Vegas and it's a yeah. big night or whatever, then that's fine. Um, but maybe that is not really should be not be classified as super fun.
0: I think for me, I, I just know. didn't. I did. I put gross because I didn't think they were super fun. I don't have right. any moral problem with strip clubs, right, and I right. have been to strip clubs and I've had dancers from. Strippers. But yes, the point is, I don't have a problem with them. What I have to applaud the same with last week's episode with the comic book editing strip of Sandoval right. and all of that. Just the editing of Jack's saying to Britney, oh my God, I felt so uncomfortable. Cut to him like motorboating a stripper. Exactly. I really didn't want to get involved. Cut to him like two strippers
1: gyrating on his cheeks. (laughs) Being in like like a Jack's sandwich. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, dude...
0: You know, just own your, like, we all know what you're here for. Brittany knows what you're here for. Like, she's not under the illusion that you sat there fucking meditating all night.
1: Right. The only person that really didn't actually want to be there was Beau. And Beau was like, this is super uncomfortable. I really don't want to be here. And it wasn't because Stassi would be upset. He was just actually uncomfortable there. And this is what I don't, I don't get about people. Like... Why do you have to lie? Like Brittany knows you're in a strip club. She knows you're gonna be dancing with naked chicks. She doesn't care. She said this is okay. True. So why why lie? Like why then go back and just fucking lie about it?
0: I mean, I know what you say about Bo, but he does also say to the stripper, um, babe, you don't wanna do that. I am I am dating Satan. So you know maybe there is an element of fear there. One of the interestingly, one of the, the polls that you posted this week was has Jax changed? Thirty-seven percent said yes. Sixty-three percent said no.
1: Yeah, there's no way he's changed. And I mean, I think now l- let me back up. Maybe he's changed a little bit because I definitely think last week we saw a different Jax talking to Carter about like the Chris, like the Miami stuff and whatever. I think he's changed a little bit. But if we're just talking about this episode, no, we've we've a hundred percent seen old Jax like doing bullshit, lying about bullshit to whoever he happens to be with at the time, like. That's classic Jacks. Well, I'm excited to see how this wedding plays out after all of this. Yeah, it should be fascinating. Did I ever tell you about my strip club story from the UK? No. Did okay. You, have you been to a UK strip club? I have. I've only been to one. And um, it was when we were living in Staines, like those first couple of oh years oh that God. we moved to the I UK. I can't imagine how awful <laughs> that must have been. So it was a place called Denim and Diamonds. Of and there was a couch was. fire outside, which <laughs> laughingly enough was not my first couch fire in stains while I lived there. Um, but I didn't realize that UK strip clubs go totally nude like right at the front, like in the oh, US. Oh yeah, right down
0: to the bush, baby.
1: Yeah, in the US it's totally nude, but it's like behind a curtain. Like walking in, all you'll see is like girls in bikinis and like work in the pole and stuff, but they do have like tiny slivers of fabric strategically placed, the nude stuff happens behind a curtain in the u k it doesn't it's like all right there up in front. So I was sitting with my husband and his friend, and they were trying to get dances. <laughs> and no, none of the girls were approaching them because it was like me and two dudes sitting in a booth. So it's I moved they to thought the bar. you they like
0: madam or something. I guess
1: so. So I moved to the bar and just like had drinks. Then it turned into like a job opportunity discussion with with the girls. and I was like, <laughs> This isn't really for me. I appreciate that, but um, could you just get them dances so we could get out of here? But um, yeah, all in all, it was it was a an interesting night at Denim and Diamonds. I don't even know if it's still open. It was like this weird place behind a strip mall. It was.
0: Can I ask you a question? Experience. Was it like was it like a special occasion, or was it like we've just got so and so coming over for dinner? Like let's, or were you like? I mean, we're I just think it was paced, more like maybe let's we're go. In our,
1: I think it was more like we're in our twenties because this was like right when we moved to the UK, so I think oh, right, right. I was like 25. I think we were just hammered, and we were like, hey, wouldn't it be funny to go to a strip club in stains?" You're right. And it, it was. was.
0: And thank God, because what great material for our podcast 15 exactly. years later.
1: 15 years later, I can still tell the story, and it's just as funny.
0: <laughs> um, so I am going to try and bring my own strip club story to, I feel like I need to bring a strip club story to the conversation next week. I'm going to do my best. Excellent. But in the meantime, should we head to New Jersey?
1: Let's head to New Jersey, where forks are flying.
0: Forks or plates, nobody quite knows. I no. think she like shoves a plate, and the fork flies off the plate. But either way, Jen, it's not cool to
1: start throwing shit. No, just stop throwing shit. Like my four-year-old knows not to throw shit and gets just sent to timeout when he does.
0: Yeah. Imagine putting Jennifer in timeout. God, if only we could. Um, So obviously we pick up where we left off with the drama kicking off around the table because Melissa has tried to kind of, in my view, diffuse the situation with a little bit of self-deprecation, sort of saying she's the winner. Uh, We're all the ones losing because we're throwing our money away on extravagant parties. Um, Obviously, Jen takes this desperately personally because she she just finds a slot to fit her victim face into um dolores also gets her knickers in a in a twist about it but i was just it felt really obvious to me that she wasn't melissa didn't mean to be shady she was just trying to like hurry like wrap this conversation up
1: i took it 100 percent the same way like she really wanted to defuse the fight Make it a little bit funny and just like be like, it's fine that we all live different ways, like everybody just move on. And I think that's the real problem. I think Jennifer lacks understanding and empathy for people who want to live their lives a different way. And I mean, now maybe this all goes back and touches the nerve because last season, Jackie wrote that article about her kids being spoiled. So maybe that's where this nerve comes from. And if so, that's fine, but be a grown up and have a real chat about it, just like we see. Margaret do with Jen or with Jackie about like that food comment. Like we see them both sit down. Marge says that she said it. Jackie explains why it hurts her feelings. Margaret really takes it on board and listens and they move on. Like that's how grown ups deal with things. And I don't think Jennifer knows how to deal with that.
0: I don't think Jennifer's very grown up. And And I think what's remarkable about Jennifer, and I can't remember who says it, but somebody says it, that it co- Jennifer cannot comprehend that anybody would not want to live her life. Like, she assumes that everybody is right. desperate to have what she has. And I've got to be honest, if you lined up all the housewives, like, from all the franchises, she would be the last one I would choose to swap places with. Like, that house is big. Absolutely. It's fucking it's empty. empty. There's no soul. There's no furniture. There's five feral children running around in there. Um, and... And as much as she has stuff, she's not really a nice person. She's so insecure that it comes out in these horrible, horrible ways. And I think it's Jackie on the way out from lunch that says, if only our husband can make her as pretty on the inside as he
1: does on the outside. And she's absolutely right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think we see flashes of Jennifer having the ability to be a good person. But I think when her ego is involved... We don't see that. Like her ego trumps any niceties that she may have on the inside. And I think it's a real shame. Like, I think this cast in particular has the ability to really get on. Because we see Teresa and Jackie actually really getting along this season. Um, but I don't know, you know.
0: I think there's a real problem. Like when you've got really wealthy women and very right. successful businesses and all of that sort of stuff, I think there's just this underlying constant competition, which Jennifer is silently obsessively playing all the time, but Jackie's really not. Yeah. Melissa's really not. No. Um Teresa used to, but I think she doesn't have time for that shit anymore. No.
1: <laughs> She's way too busy.
0: <laughs> right? Mar- Margaret might, but she's like, fuck, I've got so much debt. I'm like, in like I can't even play I'm being game. sued
1: right now. I don't have time for this.
0: <laughs> I got no money. Um, you know, and Dolores is, is kind of a little old for it, but it re- rears its ugly head every now and again. So I, I just think that Jen's in a really insecure position, but she's coming across in such a nasty, bitchy, disgusting way and then trying to get Teresa on board when they're back at the house by going, well, you know that she called you ignorant. Teresa's yeah. like... Eh, yeah, did she? What did she? <laughs> Hang on, man. let me let me just go and ask if she called me in- ignorant. Hang on, like shuffling off like some right. old lady. The whole thing's crazy, but um, yeah, Jennifer is not is not doing is not living her best life right now.
1: No, I I would totally agree with that, and honestly, I'm kind of glad she left. I think we see. A really great dynamic when she leaves and the girls just go out to dinner together. We see Margaret and Teresa getting along. We see Teresa getting along with Jackie. Like, they just actually have that good girls' night out. They make jokes about the age of the bartender that nobody flies off the handle about. Like, everything is cool. And I think when you remove people that like to start bullshit, then everything is fine. Yeah,
0: there are certain fire starters in there, and Jen's just proving to be one of those people. And in obviously stark contrast, contrast, we see the guys having a night out as well. God, I love these guys;
1: they're so cute. Like they look like a fucking blast to hang out with. Like they bust each other's balls. They all just laugh it off. Nobody huffs away with their feelings hurt, and, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like the dynamic between the dudes. I mean, I think I do too. I think if you look at like their banter um kind of like I don't know if it's just cuz they're older and wiser but like if you look at the bullshit banter of the dudes on Below Deck and like I don't know match it up to this banter of dudes I definitely prefer the the New Jersey househusbands I mean I know they're house not husbands. but sure. househusbands we'll um I prefer their banter to the Below Deck bullshit because I don't know like it's just it's real they know they know they're old they know they're not going to pull this girl but they laugh about it anyways. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying?
0: Yeah, and they can really take the piss out of themselves. Right. You know, they're not taking themselves too seriously. And I think that does come with age to a certain extent. But the irony is, is that these old school Italian guys should be the ones, you know, by rights, that yeah. are miso- that are displaying elements of misogyny, that are being kind of dicks around women. And they're absolutely not. Instead, we've got these young kind of... Apparently, twenty first century millennials who are being complete wankers to women, and that yeah. is frankly uh, terrifying. Because, right, I would just hope that by now they're better than this, up. but apparently yeah. not. Anyway, it is what it is. But yeah, I did enjoy that, and then um and then also I with- would
1: sleep with any of those New Jersey dudes over the below deck dudes a hundred percent, even Frank.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I could. I mean, I'm kind of big, but I feel like I would like fall into the crevice of front. <laughs> but he could like lift you to up, climb out.
1: which he I think to that's bench press me. Yeah, yeah, he could just like bench press you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> if I can save my quads on like a reverse cowgirl, then I'm fine there. You with go.
1: That.
0: <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. Right. Uh, And then, of course, we finish out the episode with Teresa on her way to visit Joe in ICE.
1: In that face when she realizes that she has forgotten everybody's documents. Like, I totally agree with your poll that maybe subconsciously, because I think you did a poll, didn't you? I
0: did. Uh Uh-huh. I did do a poll that said, did Teresa Judice or Judice?" Subconsciously forget the documents because she doesn't want to see Joe's lame ass. Eighty-six percent said yes, and fourteen percent said no. I mean, the girl's got a lot on. It could have just been a very innocent mistake, right. but I think kind that of,
1: plays into it a little bit. I, I do totally too. It's agree a big
0: mistake to make when that's the only re- like. But we've all been there, right? That moment yeah, where you yeah. get to the airport and you realize you haven't got your passport, or oh, oh. that and her face like when she's on the phone to Dolores and she suddenly realizes like I felt so I f- bad for her. Oh, I felt every inch of that feeling when your stomach just drops out yeah. of your ass and you're like what the this fuck am I going to do? And it blows big style because it's not really about her, it's about the two kids that she's taking there to see their dad.
1: Yeah. Well, part of me was wondering like, well why doesn't Gia have her driver's license? Like Gia is old enough to drive because it's sixteen yeah. here in the U.S. Like, why doesn't Gia have her shit? Like, that's not necessarily Teresa's responsibility. But, True uh, that.
0: True anyways, that. well, we'll see. Um, I I sort of hope that they do get in for the girl's sake. I hope somehow their yeah. magic to like they manage to wizardry Put somebody some on sort of a wizardry. motorbike.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wizard really out there because so. I think even Dolores on the phone was like, "Can I just start driving it out to you?" Which yeah. like well done for Dolores. Like, that's a really uh, nice, friendly thing to do. Also, can we just have a moment for uh, Papa Gorga making octopus at 6 (laughs)
0: a.m.? No, I never want to see that again. I never, ever want to see that again. I remember, I was writing down notes. I'm like, da-da-da-da-da, writing down notes, Teresa G. Melania, leave. And then next to it in big capital letters is, what the fuck does her dad put in that pan?
1: Yeah, it's a full octopus. At six o'clock in the morning. Who the
0: fuck is cooking a motherfucking full octopus at six o'clock in the morning?
1: I don't know. Maybe that's the way Italians do it. You guys let us know. Uh, Do any of your old school Italian parents boil octopus early in the morning? For breakfast.
0: What do you want for breakfast, babe? Cheerios, octopus.
1: I mean, what the fuck? Anyway. I don't know. I do love octopus. It is quite tasty.
0: I do too, but I'm not sure I want to cook a whole one.
1: No, that's quite a lot.
0: it looked like brains. Anyway, (laughs) um, that aside, let's move on. Let's put that particular image to one side and move on to uh, Very Cavallari. I'm really enjoying this
1: season a lot. Me too. I love how much Jay and Kristen keep it real. And I think like talking about the importance of them going on trips without their kids to kind of reconnect and remember who each other are is spot on one of the biggest mantras in my relationship. I think it's the only reason we've been together for 17 years um, is because we really try to take time to be away from everything that makes us parents.
0: Yeah, it's really important. And it's not easy for everybody because obviously... Somebody to look after your tribe of children isn't always right. easy but but it is really lovely to see them recognizing the need to do that that their relationship isn't just naturally perfect that they really have to make time for each other. Um, not that Jay has you know anything in his schedule which <laughs> there's a few like <laughs> not what so subtle when you're jibes you're <laughs> Yeah there's yeah. a few not so subtle jibes about that. Um but <coughs> excuse me. No it was lovely to see them go back to Chicago. <laughs> I haven't quite no, remembered it that. We keep talking. It
1: was good to see them yeah, go you... to Chicago and reconnect with their roots there. <laughs> they had chats with other retired football players. I mean, I think that's the crazy thing is like can you wrap your brain around that you by forty, you're retired from your job. Like and that's old in football. Most people yeah. don't make it to forty. So
0: I mean, I mean, I'd mean, i be down with it. The money that they've got, oh, hanging yeah. back at 40, being able to buy a big house and look after chickens and a donkey, and we'd call the donkey ears, and we'd call the chickens Tim Henman or Gregory Peck. Like, yeah. I have my retirement thing set, set yeah, up. Yeah, but, but I
1: think at 40, that would get boring. Like, I mean, no joke. Like, I think that would yeah, get boring. Right. Like, because you're looking at another 50 years. It, I mean, we're living longer <laughs> and longer now. Like, could you really do that for 50 years? I mean... I don't know.
0: I I don't know if I'd rather do... I don't know. I mean, I know what you mean. It's one of those things that always sounds wonderful, but in reality would probably be quite
1: boring. I I mean, to be honest, I felt that way about being a stay-at-home mom. Like, I was super excited to quit work and just stay at home and, like, take care of my kids. And I did it for five years, and I went freaking insane. Yeah. And, like, had to do something else just to kind of... Have something to talk to people about that are not my children and engage in different ways. I mean that's that's just me, but that was kind of my my vision. Like I did something that yeah. I thought would be amazing, and it was actually the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life. And I would much rather work.
0: I think stay-at-home moms is one of those interesting things because I managed it for five months, and um, and and I the thing is I really wanted it to work. Like me I too, wanted babe. nothing more. Yeah. for me to just have all that kind of work responsibility off my plate, be able to stay at home, take care of the kids, make the house nice, learn how to fucking cook properly. That was like right. the dream, but I lasted five months and I'm really insanely, I guess not jealous, but you know, I wish that that had been good, like not good enough. That's Absolutely. Not me, I, no, wish no, I wish I had been good enough, enough to be
1: a stay at home exactly. mom. Yeah. Me too, 100%. I think that's
0: exactly the right way to phrase it. In the end, I just needed to work and. it. You know, and it's horses for courses. Everybody right. has their best thing. I think we're going to see as this, as the season goes on, kind of Jay needing something more to do. Totally, I think they're, I think yeah. they're laying the seeds for that. Um, yeah. So, we'll see how it plays out, but it was really lovely to see them enjoying their old haunt where they fell in love together.
1: Right. I definitely think we're seeing them sow the seeds of it, but I do also really recognize that, like, when Jay was working, Kristen stayed at home and, like, put her whole life on hold. And in a way, it's her time to do that now. Like, it is his time to kind of watch the kids and do all that kind of stuff and let her business flourish. So, I think if he does do something, That will be interesting to see kind of how they manage them both being busy. Because I think sometimes you always need someone to be flexible to deal with children.
0: Yeah, 100%. So we'll see how that plays out. But I do love that Chris, I do love that he's supporting her. Um, I love their vibe. And and I think it's going to be interesting to see if Jay can do it without kind of eventually losing his shit a
1: little bit. Right, right. Because if it was me, I'd eventually lose my shit a little bit. Granted, all his kids are in school. So it's not like he's home with them all day. Like, they all go to school. So he does yeah. the school run, and then and he's got I the mean, data himself. And, and they, they have, have money, help. and they have help. Like, they've yeah. got a
0: shit ton of help and money. So life's a lot right. easier when, you know, there's fucking <laughs> yeah, money I, maybe in the I bank could and a money.
1: home door. mom. <laughs> maybe I could be a stay-at-home mom if that was our situation as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe,
0: maybe I'd be okay with that. Um, yeah. That is aside, we also see Britney starting to date a little bit more. And I've got to say, thank God she has shed that stone because I swear on my life, she is already better, like happier. I see light in her eyes. I see her laughing properly. I love it.
1: No, she's so much lighter without that stone around her neck. Um, I'm super excited to see her out and dating and being light and happy. Because honestly, it's the first time we've ever seen that from her. She's kind of been a miserable bee.
0: Oh, she's all been a Debbie seasons. Downer. Debbie yeah. Downer the whole way through. Always a bit of a stick in the mud, stick up her ass. And it's been cut becoming clear that it was because she was so very unhappy at home right. for one reason or another. I get that, that's fine. But it is lovely to see her flourishing a little bit. And of course, she meets PJ this week, who she goes on a date, workout date with, and he is fit.
1: He's super fit. And a, like a gentleman wouldn't even take a body shot off of her until they had a proper date.
0: What a sweetheart.
1: Yes. But imagine I mean, though going chivalry from- Chivalry is not dead.
0: Apparently not. Apart from on the below deck boat. There right. it is. Um <laughs> But imagine going from stone, like dirty, need a bath, potentially not clean, st- spindly <laughs> white Ew. legs, stone- to PJ, fit as fuck.
1: Yeah, I bet he smells now, nice too. He looks like he smells nice.
0: Yeah, he does. That's what we call leveling
1: up for sure, yeah, isn't 100%, it? One hundred percent. She just
0: leveled up big time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I do hope she's got her new house. Which I think there's a question for me on this new house thing because I, I surely blowing up your air mattress with a hairdryer is a fire hazard. Just
1: saying. Yes. Yes. And surely everybody knows that. Like, I mean. She's not 18 leaving home for the first time. Like, she's a grown ass woman with a real job. Get your ass to Ikea. Like, why even have an air mattress? Get yourself to Ikea, buy a fucking bed. Like, you can do that.
0: And even if you don't, even if you can't commit to a bed yet, you can commit to a fucking mattress. Like, at least put a proper mattress, like something. Or
1: even buy just one of those little air mattress blow up things. Yeah. Like, you know what they are the battery. Yeah. Blow it up properly. Like, have some (laughs) sheets.
0: Oh, we're so Ridiculous. judgmental. I'm so She's like judgmental. A year old I don't dude. like. I don't like the way you blow up your mattress.
1: <laughs> uh, Ugh, I, you know mattress. what actually really grosses me out more than the mattress is letting what? her dog jump on the counter.
0: I know. <laughs> I know that that's was a, that's words. a big dog too. It's a big dog. We well, have to be a big dog to jump up on the counter. Can you imagine your dog so. Elway? Your your no little. Le- we have to remember gorgeous Elway who passed yes. last year. But but um imagine little pug trying to get up on your counters not a chance he could never have He couldn't even couch. get on the
1: couch yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah let's see a brand new britney i'm excited to see her blossom uh, but we also had quite interesting chat with scoot and justin about the marriage kids commitment LA, Nashville, like it's crunch time. They're looking at houses and what a beautiful house
1: they find. Oh my gosh. so gorgeous. We all need to move Uh, to Nashville. It looks like they have amazing houses for fairly decent prices.
0: But before they dump 1.6 million on a house, Scoop quite legitimately feels the need to check exactly where they are, what the commitment level is, which I think is fair enough.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, I did the same before I moved in with Elijah. I mean, and I was the ripe, old age of 21 years old. And we had the chat about like, where is this going? Cause I am definitely not someone that just like lived with people. Cause I was perfectly happy living on my own. And I lived in a city where I could afford to do so. So I was fine being on my own, but I think it's a valid question. My question is though, cause I feel like they were talking about that, like it was like marriage and then babies and like, it all kind of had to be decided right then. And it's like, you don't have to be married to have babies. Like that's actually not a not a requirement in in that transaction, but um, I think we asked everybody whether that was mutually exclusive or not
0: on the poll. We did. Well, we, it wasn't a poll. It just oh, was like our marriage and question. babies mutually exclusive. Most people were like, "No, yeah. no." One person said way. yes. Interestingly, yeah. um, but no. Essentially, they don't have to be mutually exclusive at all. And I think um, I think having said that, though. I do think there's, they also aren't connected in that right, I get right. married because, like, and you and I had this conversation. You said something to me before I got married that really made me, that really stuck with me, which was that getting married for you was really important because it wasn't because you had babies together or because you no. bought a house together. Getting married was about the two of you standing up in front of your friends and family, your nearest, your dearest, and going, I believe in this person and I believe in this relationship regardless of whether we have kids, regardless of whether right. we own property together or not. So maybe the room and, and there is an element of romance in that. Um, yeah. but maybe there's an element of that for scoot that he wants to stand up in front the of Justin, everybody yeah. and say, I choose you hey, like, like I choose this is you. my
1: person. Right. Right. Yeah. No. And I a hundred percent believe in that. I mean, cause life will fucking test every aspect of your relationship all the time. And, being like being married is not that mar- marriage ceremony where you have to stand no. up and say whatever in front of people. Like it's it's the every morning that you wake up and you commit to being in that relationship because it's fucking hard, man. Like, it is. It's every toilet seat left up. It's every fight about who takes the kids. Like it's all of that and. You know, if you're going to do it, you both need to be in it. And I think that's the advice we see Kristen give Justin. Like, you can't just do it for him. Like, this needs to be something you want because it is fucking hard.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it is, a, you can have those feelings at the same time. You can really want something and also be really scared to do something. Absolutely. And I think that that, to a certain extent, makes me feel that they are taking this seriously. Like, if you yeah. just wander into a marriage and you're like, well, this is going to be great, we're going to live happily ever after, and it's going to be all, you know, sunshine and <laughs> unicorns, chances are it's not going to last. But if you go into it really understanding the gravity of what you're doing and the, commi- the level of commitment that it takes, like you say, not just in the ceremony, but every right. damn day you wake up and you commit to that person um then you're in with a really good chance and i you know they're my favorite couple oh they're so cute TV. i love I them i love them um so i really i i think justin's gonna step up i think he's gonna take the plunge um but i'm excited to see it i think Ooh, it's probably gonna make me
1: cry it's gonna make me oh cry, yeah isn't it? oh easily easily
0: Talking about that just briefly before we wrap up, because I know we're yes. done, but just other things that made me cry. Jimmy and I watched the first three two episode, three episodes of Cheer
1: last night. Oh, yeah, it's amazing.
0: Oh, my God. If you're not watching, if you need anything else to watch, because yeah. you're already not watching enough, um, right. definitely Cheer, I cannot recommend it enough. We're going to finish it off tonight. I sobbed it's like amazing. a baby.
1: It's a little town in between Houston and Dallas. It's called Corsicana. Um, yeah. So for all of you people who drive I-45 to I-35 up, <laughs> you've driven through that town. Um, yeah, it's it's phenomenal. If you um, know nothing about cheer, you will still enjoy it.
2: I'm oh listening yeah, to a podcast.
1: I'm listening to a podcast right now called The Dream, and it's all about multi-level marketing schemes and like the history of them and where they've come from. It's fucking fabulous. Like everybody oh should God. listen to it.
0: So there you go. You've got a TV recommendation cheer on Netflix and you've got a podcast recommendation, The Dream. Knock yourself out. Have a great week watching all your telly and we will see you on the flip side. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.
1: Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.